the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. In today's episode, we had Taya Shalhan back on the show talking about all things CrossFit, more importantly, talking about the CrossFit Open and the rule changes that they had this year and how the experience is a little bit different compared to previous years. We also get into coaching and we get into app separation for women after pregnancy. Hear about all of that because she talks about it in depth towards the end of the show. So give this show a listen. Let us know if you have any questions. Please reach out to us. Send us a direct message and we will put all of Hayes' contact information within the show notes. Thank you. All this and more in today's episode. Hey, everybody. We're welcoming back to the show Hayes Shalhan who is a competing CrossFit athlete. And if you haven't listened to her previous episode, the MomFit program episode, give it a listen. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me again. I'm happy to be here. I know you're like one of our second reoccurring guests right now. So how, how's everything going? Good, good. How's the competing going, the training? Well, uh, competing uh, taking a backseat right now, but uh, training's going well. Trying to get in as much as I can. Yeah, how's yeah. That, how is that going? Like you know, two kids being the mom. You know, well, I see uh, that you always have uh, your kids. So yeah, it's um, you find a routine, and then something happens, and that you forget about that routine. You totally, uh, you know, you can't stick with it. Schedule keeps changing, but uh, the little ones in uh, daycare now for a couple of hours, so that's helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, when they reach that age, it uh, it helps a lot. The like, youngest, the youngest one, right? Yeah, the youngest one. My el- my eldest is in KG one, so she goes to school. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, the same age as the day, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're both the youngest. No, I know what you mean by it. Like when they go to daycare for a yeah, few hours, you finally have a set routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been training, you know, as much as I can, and uh, it's just uh, I'm at a stage in my life where I'm thinking a lot about our business and work and like future plans and stuff like that. So training is still there, but uh, mentally my mind is focused elsewhere. (laughs) That's how it always is. So if you don't mind, what are some of the big, uh, the big plans going on with like the mom fit program? You guys have CrossFit Kuwait. You're, you know, a coach. I saw you're coaching at a new gym too. So how's it like, what are some of these big plans? Well, we're, you know, trying to, trying to expand our uh, our reach, basically. And uh, there's one of the new gyms, it's called Beat Gym. Uh, and I'm coaching private there. And as well for CrossFit Kuwait, we're, we're always trying to, you know, think of ways to, to improve the experience for our members. When it comes to MomFit, uh, the program has been going well. I'm really happy with it. I have clients in Kuwait and outside of Kuwait. That's amazing. I have a couple um, from the UAE and from Qatar. And I have uh, one more thing I'm releasing that goes along with my MomFit. Basically, I'm planning on creating like several things underneath the MomFit umbrella. So I got the postpartum program and I'm going to be releasing an ebook. It's basically a guide of how to train during pregnancy, specifically for athletes who are, and when I say athletes, I mean CrossFitters or weightlifters, people who have been into fitness for a while, bodybuilders or anyone who does any form of exercise with some resistance, uh, resistance training. So it's a complete guide and it breaks down each trimester, what to look out for, how to train, what to do, what not to do. And then I've got a complete table at the end of the book with 
a bunch of different exercises and how they could be modified during pregnancy. So I'm really excited. I'll be releasing that this week. Oh, that's amazing. So this week would be, for us, we're probably going to release this, you know, yeah. like in like four weeks or something. So yeah. she's already released that. Yeah, inshallah, yes. And <laughs> it would have an English and an Arabic version. So. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. So you're, you've turned into quite the entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. really good. And I mean, CrossFit Kuwait, I'm going to I'm gonna throw it back over there. Yeah. You guys had a, a few athletes competing in the Flair Fitness Fest. Yes, that was They fun. did pretty well. I know from the men's side, you guys had a top four, top five finish, yes, right? Yes, And how did the females do? We had a top three. And oh, that was, no way. Yeah, she got third place and that was her first competition. Super proud of her. Oh, that's amazing. We had a couple of other girls competing and they did really well as uh, also. So. Who was it? What was her name? If you uh, want to give her a shout uh, out. Rim. Rim got third place. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. And yeah. her first comp too. That's, yes, yes. Like that's, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And how old is she? she really young or? Yeah, she's, she just graduated university. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, well, congratulations She's been a member with us for a while, but on the fence about computing. So, and she's good. So I'm so happy that she took that step and, you know, was able to see what she's capable of. So, Oh, that's amazing. So yeah. it's kind of like you're kind of transitioning out of the athlete competitive side now into like the real coaching side. Of- yeah. I've always been, you know, focused a lot on coaching my members. And, and I've had several girls who, you know, transitioned from doing CrossFit as lifestyle to CrossFit competitively. But yeah, very proud of her. That's amazing. So, I mean, how does that make you feel? As a coach, and now I'm totally shifting gears yeah. on the topics yeah, we're supposed fine. to be yeah. talking about. But <laughs> but fine, as yeah. a coach, because I mean I've coached baseball, and yeah. when my kids, when when my, I say my kids, like because like I've, you know, but when my kids accomplish something, yeah. I feel that sense of exactly. accomplishment, and you know, it's kind of like, oh wow, this is amazing. So how does that make you feel as a CrossFit yeah, coach? Because that's, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, especially when you have a member who you see day in and day out, and they're putting in the work, and you know. And even when they might not believe in themselves. So when you see that transformation during the competition, when they start to see that I'm able, I can do this, I can do this, and they push themselves and they exceed what their their own expectations, it's so nice to see. I love it. Like it's it's rewarding as a coach. So That's truly amazing. So yeah. what are your, uh, do you have any other phenom athletes that are on the rise that people should look out for? Well, uh, I'll put her on the spotlight. We've got we've got one of our girls. Her name is Jovana. She really wants to take competing seriously, so she's been working on herself. And we'll oh, see that's where it great. Goes. So, yeah. so you guys are like you guys are kind of breeding out, you know, athletes now. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. We have um, we have a good mix of of girls who are you know just doing it for lifestyle and for fun, and and girls who when they first started might not have even considered competition. But, you know, CrossFit does that to you. It brings out competitive sides. So, Especially if you were an athlete or had any athletic ambition. Yeah. Speaking of CrossFit, yeah. the workouts were released last night. Yes. And, you know, it's for me, it's my first open. Oh, no way. Yeah, Amazing. I just started the Flair Fitness Fest. Me falling off the bar was my first competition, oh. too. So, you know, I mean, for me, the open's like, it's different yeah. from what I've heard from all you, like, old school CrossFit yeah, guys. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just kind of like, so what was it like? As an old school CrossFit person, yeah. what is it like now? Because the transition that I've seen, Glassman's really making a hard push towards yeah. the health, fitness, lifestyle aspect yes. versus the competitive aspect. Yes. I'm very happy with the the vision that Glassman has for CrossFit. I mean, he's I feel he's trying to to not fix, but to change the perception of CrossFit within the fitness industry. Because the the sport of CrossFit with the games athletes intent the high intense training 
the overtraining and all that entire image basically is what people see when they think of CrossFit. But that's not what CrossFit is really based on. And I think that's what he's trying to bring back, which is which is great. But at the same time, some of his changes are like he's taking away what the community loves about the game season and the game season, which is the open and what was regionals and the CrossFit games. And I know, you know, for myself and from what I see online, millions of people look forward to this time of year. And he basically just destroyed all the excitement. I mean, the Open is still there, but CrossFit used to have a media team. And there was so much suspense and excitement that would would go with uh, this stage of the competition, which is not there anymore, which is kind of sad for people who are so used to what the CrossFit Games used to offer the community before. But the Open is still a great competition. It's still a great way to to test yourself, to see what your level is, compare yourself to your friends, to other gyms, to people around the world. So it'll still be fun. It depends, you know, on on your own community within your gym, how you do the Open and how you create that environment. But overall, Glassman, I mean, it's sad. <laughs> well, I mean, I was I was talking about it earlier. And- yeah. Uh, you know, just I'm speculating here. This is my my prediction of what's going to happen at CrossFit. I think they're going to move away from the games, yeah. and it's going to be these sanctioned events yeah. are all it's going to be. Yeah, which I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah, because it really did back away from the health and fitness part since yes. 2000 and I'd say 10 or yeah. 12. Yes, you know, it's been seen so much of it as a competitive sport. Yeah, yeah. Now, as an athlete, yeah. How does that keep you motivated towards your training goals? And are you still training for competitiveness or are you training for, you know, the health health aspect of it? Yeah. You know, when I'll speak for some other athletes, I know that many athletes, basically their training is focused on making it to regionals. And now regionals doesn't exist. So for many athletes, I'm sure it's hard to find that motivation again, to find, you know, they have to set a new goal for themselves. They have to accept that maybe I'll compete at a sanctioned event and then that's it, you know, because a sanctioned event, you have to come in first place to make it to the games. Yeah. So, so the end goal would be a sanctioned event and I'm not going to go anywhere after that. And that's okay. I mean, as an athlete, our goal is not just making it to regionals or making it to the games. It's you as an athlete, you're trying to grow and be a better athlete, be a better person and, and see what your body is capable of and constantly challenging yourself. So I think shifting the focus to that will help motivate you a lot. You know, trying to improve your performance day every day and not having the end goal be, you know, like a specific rank or a specific um, qualifier or something like that. So when it comes to me, I think, you know, motivation is hard. Motivation comes and goes. It's not always there. But when I have a plan for myself and I follow that plan and I track my progress, seeing my progress, that motivates me. That helps me keep going. Because because to me, there is no end goal. I just want to keep getting better. Even if some stages in my life, the progress slows down. But as long as I'm still aiming to get better every day, that's what, that helps keep me motivated. So. All right. I mean, because this is coming from an ex-regional athlete. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I mean... For me personally, I was looking at it this year. I picked the wrong time to take up CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> like I really picked the wrong time. Because I was like, all right, you know, my goal is to get into the master's category, yeah. finish as best as possible. You know, I mean, my my goal is always to win. Yeah. You know, I, I really don't care that you know, yeah. I'm new to the sport, whatever. My yeah. goal is always to win and compete. Yeah. Now, when they shifted that for yeah. the masters and for the teens, because you have some teens, yes. teens that you train, correct? Yeah. 
Now, how does that, because I know the masters and teens, it used to be 20 and they've cut it down to 10 that yes. make it to, make yes. it in. What they did to the masters is so unfair. What about the teens? Teens as well. The yeah. masters and the teens. Yeah. They I basically mean, put you in this one slot and it's like just the top 10. Yeah. So how are some of the kids that you coach like? Do I don't have any competitive teens. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I thought yeah, you did. I thought no, you had no. a couple of them, but okay. Yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, if you do want to make the top 10, then you'll, you know, you have to make a lot of sacrifices and you have to understand that it's not an easy road and, and you, you know, you just have to work towards it. But, but it's hard. It's really hard. It's not, I mean, I mean, especially for someone who is just starting out CrossFit now, you're going up against people who have been doing it for years and that experience and that training all adds up, you know, so. I think, you know, I think if we're going to be talking about the Open, seeing your rank go up every year is also something exciting to see, you know, um, comparing yourself to, you have this option of doing custom leaderboards so you can compare yourself to being like, you know, the fittest master in Kuwait, the fittest master in the region. So that could be different, different types of goals, you know, but, but yeah, what they did to the, to the masters, I think, you know, because at, in the games, the masters didn't even get that much attention. So yeah, now it's neither like, did the teens. Either. Yeah, the it teens was... as well. Yeah, so I don't know what their what their goal is or what their aim is. Yeah, and it's funny because everybody gets old. Matt Fraser is going to be yeah, a masters. Yeah, yeah. You know, in like a few years, the games masters right now are a lot of them are you know previous individual games athletes. You've yeah. got Neil Maddox, you've got Chris Beeler, you've got um, a bunch of other big names that are competing in the masters division. It's interesting that they're taking that shift. I yeah. Mean, then again, I mean, everyone's going into the the open as the Incredible Hulk, and you yeah, know, like yeah. like seeing them compared to the athletes in two thousand and nine. Yeah, the the shift yeah, in yeah. like size, body composition, everything is just it's like it's scary. Yeah. It's like we were really that far behind ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so shifting gears a little bit, what advice would you give coaches yeah. to their athletes? Okay. I mean, I know advice you compete for, with con- coaches, yeah. but what advice would you give coaches too? Because we do have trainers that listen to this. Yeah, yeah. In relation to what? To the Open? To the Open. And in okay. general, keeping their athletes motivated. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of the, the gyms, especially in our region, they have been advertising the Open. They'll have, you know, a sign-up sheet and they'll they'll have, like, they'll try to explain to their members what the Open is all about, basically to motivate their competitors to sign up or their athletes to sign up. I think the, you know, the best thing that you can say to your athletes is that competition is a great way to test yourself. It's a great way to find what your weaknesses are so you could have a goal to work towards something after the Open. It's also a fun time to compete with your friends, your other members in the gym. So letting your athletes know that this is for fun, but it's also a great way to improve if you want to improve, that helps motivate them for sure. Okay, now, what's some of the best advice you've received from your coach? Well, the best advice, my coach is my husband, Yusuf Al-Baksimi. This was a few years back. Before I started competing in CrossFit, I was not a competitive person. And I wasn't a very confident person. CrossFit helped improve that a lot. And one thing he told me, and I think he sent me, it was a long message and I still have it saved because every once in a while, especially before a competition, I'll read it and it helps me. The main part of the message he was telling me is to believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't have faith in yourself that you can achieve the goal that you want or you can do or or that your body can do what you want to do, it's going to be really hard. But if you truly, truly believe in yourself, 
obviously back that up with the hard work that you've done and, and preparing yourself. I really do think that it, it helps a lot. I mean, I, I've seen it with myself. When I doubt myself, I see it in my performance. It shows. When I truly believe that I can do something, it comes out. It comes out in your performance. So believing in yourself and even if the confidence is not there, but knowing that you've put in the work, believing that your body is ready and you're able to compete and you're able to do this test helps a lot. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. we dropped an episode on mental toughness. Yes. And one of the biggest things we preached in that was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You know, if, if yeah. you're going into something thinking you're going to fail, yeah. that's it. You're, you're yeah. probably going to fail. You'll yeah. set yourself up. Yeah. You'll set those, you know, those issues up or you'll set those barricades up where you definitely will just end up failing. So that's some good advice. That's yeah. definitely some good advice. And you know, you've went, you've gone to regionals, you know, yeah. you're a regionals athlete. How was that, by the way? What was the experience <laughs> there when you went to regionals? Oh man, that was such a long time ago and CrossFit was so different. That was in 2013 and it was in Korea. There was no one doing CrossFit in our region, especially when it came to the females. I had no competitors in my region and in Kuwait. So it was very easy to qualify. And then they also used to take the top 50. Top okay. 50, 5 zero. Yeah, but still, come on. I mean, <laughs> and, you, you went to regionals. Like, yes, it's, it was, there's nothing it was easy pretty awesome. about it. You it still was, did the workouts. You great. still worked yeah. hard. So. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And honestly, I see that as like the beginning of, you know, that competitive spark. You know, it started my competitive journey. But it's so different now. It's different. But it's a great memory to look back on, too. So. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. So you're going to be in the Battle of the East this year? Inshallah. All right. Okay. We got it here. We got it. <laughs> we got it on recording. Um, so speaking of when we when we talk about advice, yeah. now let's shift a little bit into goals. Sure. You know, when when someone enters your gym mm -hmm. or contacts you for, you know, to train CrossFit. Yeah. You know, and they say, All right, my goals obviously ninety percent of the people are mm -hmm. gonna be like, My first goal is to lose weight. Yeah. We all know that. Yes. Like that that's there. Yeah. Now let's give some What's your advice yeah. when people are trying to set goals yeah. to, let's say, lose weight because yeah. that's what they want to do yeah. and get healthier? Yeah. You know, I get that a lot. But for myself, I know that's the goal of many people, but I don't like that to be the main focus. With CrossFit, what's nice is you can show someone, especially when I get beginners who they don't even know what CrossFit is or they're fairly new to fitness. The main goal is to lose weight. And then they start getting into CrossFit. They start learning the different movements. They start seeing um, their friends improving, getting stronger, getting faster. Their goals start to shift. They start to focus more on performance. I want to be better in wall balls. I want to, you know, I want to be faster in rowing or whatever. And, and even with myself, I try not to talk too much about body image. Even in my Instagram account, I never bring up body image. It's all about performance. And I think it's so much easier to focus on that and see that as your progress, because if you work hard in the gym and obviously, you know, have a diet plan that goes along with your training, you will see changes in your body. When you're stressing about weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, you're going to have zero patience. You're going to keep switching from one diet to the next every week. And you're never just, you're never going to reach your goal. When you shift your focus to thinking about performance, doing better in the gym, enjoying your time, the, the weight loss becomes much easier. So I think that's what I try to do with our members. They come in with a specific goal and then suddenly CrossFit is this fun thing that they look forward to doing every day and they don't focus too much on. 
weight loss. That's pretty cool, like yeah. re-gearing someone's mentality to yeah. changing fitness level over changing image level. Yeah. I mean, that's that's actually pretty cool as a coach to do. Now, what about when you're, what about supplements? I mean, because yeah. we all know in Kuwait, especially supplements yeah. are king these days, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Like everyone's taking a supplement. Every, yes. And honestly, like I used to take supplements a couple of years ago yeah. and I've shifted so far away from it just because yeah. I don't trust supplements anymore. Yeah. So what are some of your, what's some advice you could give on supplements? Yeah. And, you know, like does, do you need it? Yeah. to get to your goal. Do yeah. you need, you know, a fat burner? Because yeah. we know yeah, that's yeah. like the number one selling yes. item, which is all caffeine anyways. Yes, yes. But do people need that? Or yeah. do people need, for instance, you know, omega-3s? Yeah. You yeah. know, like what, what would you say yeah. athletes would need? You know, when I'll start with beginners. When beginners come to me and same thing, they say, okay, my goal, I want to lose weight. What supplement should I take? I tell them, you don't need any supplements. When you're starting out, your main focus should be trying to be consistent with your training and trying to be consistent with your food. And uh, if you got the basics down, if you're seeing progress, great. If you start your journey and you reach, you know, like a plateau or you reach a point where you're not seeing any progress anymore, but your diet and your training is great, then you can start looking into supplements. But I, I, I would never advise someone to take fat burners. I'm just not a fan. Yeah. When I'm talking about supplements, I'm talking about, you know, adding in omega-3s or, or adding in, um, you know, if you feel, if you probably have some vi- uh, some deficiencies that you can go get checked because that's going to affect on your on your performance and your weight loss or if you're trying to gain muscle or whatever. Um, so check deficiencies if you have any. And then, you know, BCAAs, I feel like, I mean, they, they taste good. You know, if you don't like to drink water yeah. during training, you can put a scoop of BCAA. I haven't personally seen a difference. You know, when they say that it can help with sore, muscle soreness or whatever. Protein, I like to include that in my diet only because it helps me cover my protein goals um, to reach the, you know, because I count my macros. So it helps me reach my protein goals for the day. But you don't have to. You can increase protein with whole foods. You don't need to have protein powder. So supplements is just something extra. It's not necessary. When it comes to athletes, there are supplements that can aid in performance. There are supplements that can aid in recovery. But to be completely honest with you, I, n- I never went through that path. I was just not interested. Yeah. You know, even, yeah. even when I was before having my second daughter and I was really in- into competition, I would take pre-workout before a lifting session. But that was it. I didn't take any extra supplements for recovery, extra supplements for performance. I, I just didn't feel the need to. I mean, if I, you know, I always look back and say, okay, maybe I didn't sleep well. That's why it affected my performance. I don't need to go and ignore the idea that my sleep was bad and try to fix that with a supplement, you know? Yep. So. What about like creatine? Because creatine yeah. is, it's probably one of the most studied yeah. supplements out on yeah. the market. Would you, I mean, I don't know how it is for females, yeah. but I know as a male taking yeah. creatine, I definitely can see a difference yeah. depending on the quality of creatine yeah. that I'm taking also. Yeah. So how is it for females? Does creatine I affect took, females? I or? took creatine, but uh, I wasn't consistent with it for too long to see a difference. Okay. So... So I can't give you an answer. And and to be honest, uh, you know, I my first daughter, I I breastfed her for two years, so I didn't take any supplements. And then I had like a, you know, a year and a half, uh, or or a little less b- before getting pregnant with my second daughter. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have a chance to 
take all these extra supplements because you can't take these when you're breastfeeding. Yeah, so, that's understandable. Or pregnant, so... That's understandable. I just yeah. figured I'd ask a female because I know yeah, creatine, yeah. how are creatine who, is There are guys. a lot of athletes who do take it, a lot. And uh, my coach would advise me to take creatine. Okay, yeah. so now you were one of the people that commented on our performance-enhancing drugs. Yes. Right? Yes. So... Where is your stance on performance-enhancing drugs, knowing that Kuwait is probably, if not the biggest in the Middle East or the world? You know, we have, I mean, here it's it's widely available. Yeah. It's everywhere in every gym. Yeah. I don't know how it is for in the female scene, but I know in the male scene, it's like if you're not taking something, you're missing out. Personally, I don't take anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I I tried it when I was younger. Mm didn't really take to it. It Mm. pushed me away from weightlifting. So how is it from the female perspective? You know, I was really, I don't know if you can say ignorant, but I didn't know anything about this whole world of of performance-enhancing drugs and steroids, especially in Kuwait. I mean, we grew up, we'd see needles on the floor, but I didn't really know what what that was all about. Everyone's a diabetic. (laughs) Yeah, or something, or whatever, you know. But then, you know, especially as you get into a competitive sport, you start to realize that drugs is a big part of competitive sports, not just CrossFit, but almost every sport. I mean, every single sport. Yeah, every single sport, every single sport. Someone's taking something. At first, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, cheaters or whatever, you know. But then you you realize that it's part of the sport, you know, people are going to take There can be some control over it, but then so many do get away with it. So you have to accept that if you're a clean athlete, you might be competing against someone who takes performance enhancing drugs. You just have to work harder, you know, if if you're not going to take that route. And I don't, I don't recommend you to take that path, but just accept that, that many do. And, you know, honestly, it's a sensitive subject. Yani, so I have a sensitive question for you. I'm going to put yeah. you on the hot seat for a yeah. second, okay? Yeah. You don't have to answer this if yeah. you don't want. Now, say hypothetically, you have yeah. an athlete. Yeah. They qualify. Yes. And would you yeah. say, hey, maybe we should consider going down this road yeah. because you're bringing a knife to a gunfight yeah. um, to level out the playing field? Yeah. You know, personally, yeah. if I was a coach yeah. and I had an athlete that was at that level, yeah. you are bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. I wouldn't advise it. Yeah. I would say, look. Yeah, these are your options. These are your options. You can go the clean route and really, you know, work as hard as you can, but you have to optimize recovery. Yeah. And that means, you know, doing what some of these guys, you know, I think it's uh, Vakowski. Yeah. I mean, did you see his recovery regimen? No. I was watching it and I was like, that's that's crazy how he does all of that. Yeah. So what would you give... You know, I know a lot of coaches, especially, you know, if a coach is super passionate about their athlete, they want their athlete to do their best. So they feel like it's their duty to show their athlete that you have these options because your competitors are are doing this as well. So, I mean, it goes back to the coach. Me personally, I don't support it at all. And I don't agree with it. And I mean, I would never. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just want to, I, I needed to ask that question. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't support it at all. I mean, there are some athletes that take and I, I'm not judging them personally. I know, especially when an athlete dedicates their life to a sport that, you know, they want to cover every option available so they can achieve the goal that they have. And I respect that. I mean, performance enhancing drugs are not magic. You still have to put in the work, you, you know? So no judgment to you, but I personally don't agree with it at all. 
No, it's understandable. I mean, I know a lot of coaches in Kuwait. Actually, I know a lot of guys in Kuwait. They'll go yeah. to the coaches that offer yeah. the cycle too, yeah. Yeah. especially in the bodybuilding community, yeah. which I think is like, you but know. Bodybuilding, it's like, it's part of their sport. It's I mean, part of their culture. Hey. But I mean, it's, it's, it's too much. Yeah. To an extent, it really is too yeah. much. And I think here, I see it more often from, it's a, it's from a, a guy's perspective. Yeah. Like to me, like I walk into certain gyms here, I'm like, everyone's on gear. Uh-uh. You know, like yeah. if if I'm competing, I'm like, this is just, it just stinks sometimes. So. You know, it's a, it's a risk versus reward, honestly. I mean, you have to, you're playing a game with your health, you know, Yanni. Is it really worth it for you? If it is, okay, be my guest. If you don't know what the consequences might be in the future, then that's your fault. You're putting this stuff in your body. You need to understand that there is a chance of something happening to your health because of the choices you're making now. Is it, is it really worth it? I don't know. And this coming from a lady who had two kids, yeah. went back to competing. <laughs> so, I mean, not going on gear, not doing any of this. Was it discouraging at all at any point? Or was it just like, were you just like, all right, I'm game. I'm going to. Yeah, not discouraging. I just know someone else might be taking performance enhancing drugs, but I might be working harder than her. So. Is it in know. the female scene here, in the female CrossFit scene in Kuwait? Because that in I Kuwait, don't, I don't think so. As long, yeah, as far as I know, I don't think so. I've but seen a couple girls region, that are deadlifting just as much as the, me, if not more. In the region, <laughs> in the, in the region, yes, but uh, in Kuwait, I don't know. Because I saw in the region, a couple of females were busted in the regionals last year. Yeah, and banned for four years. Yeah. So I mean, if it's in the region, I'm yeah. assuming it's probably in Kuwait. I mean, I would guess. Yeah. But I just don't know at what level it's yeah. gotten to. I mean, I know when when we're if you're going to be talking about you know non athletes, just people who are trying to lose weight, there are a lot of girls who are open to taking drugs just for fat loss. That I know because I a lot of girls would contact me and they'd be like, "What do you think of this? So I can lose some fat?" And it's oh just, wow, yes, it's insane. I mean, do you know like some people, some girls want to take GH. Because they want to lose fat. No way. Are you kidding me? Do you me? even know what you're putting in your body? Wow. Wow. It's, it's, it's extreme. People, that's that's people unbelievable. Really what do you tell these girls? The picture. First, I'm shocked. I don't know how to answer. And then I just say, no, I don't even bother explaining because, because they're at a point where they don't even want to hear the explanation. She's made up her mind that I, I either take it to lose weight or, you know, I'm not going to lose weight. So I just, I just say, no, I don't agree with it. You should not take it. And then it goes back to her. I don't know. Have you had clients yeah. turn you down because you were against that? Like, have no, you had, no, no. This, like, this, this I mean, is if like you direct say, messages on oh, Instagram okay. or something. Because yeah. I've, I've had baseball players. Yeah. You know, to, to do, I don't do private training much. Yeah. Uh, but when I did, you know, it's, I have a very distinctive way of doing things. Yeah. I start with the small things and build up. Yeah. And I've had, you know, I've had parents say, well, I don't want my son doing this. Yeah. It's like, fine. You want to take him from A to Z yeah. in one step? That's up to you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's your prerogative. Yeah. And, when it comes to supplements, I can imagine a lot of people saying, I don't want this coach because they're so against fat burners or yes. they're against this. Yes. Have you ever run into that or no? Yeah. Not when it comes to supplements, but maybe when it comes to my style of coaching. Okay. But I'm not going to change my my values or my beliefs or the way I coach for, for one client. If they're not happy, there are so many different coaches you can go to that are going to give you the answer that you want. So. so how do you handle that as a coach? I know I'm shifting gears all over no, the place, okay. but it's, just, it's a good topic that came up, I think, for yeah. trainers and for athletes to understand from a coaching perspective that 
You know, I'm glad there are very few coaches that yeah. will start with, for instance, um, you know, ring rows. Yeah. You know, before attempting to do a chest to bar or something, you yeah. know, just to activate the lats. And yeah. it's progressively built up over yes. time. Yes. Now, you being a coach like that, some athletes, they want to go right in. They're like, I want to do For chest sure. to bar. I want to do, you know, ring muscle ups. Yeah. I want to do my muscle up now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do the mundane, boring stuff yeah. to get to that point. Yeah. So when you have athletes that are like, no, I want to do this, what's your... What do you, what's your strategy for I'm that? Very, I'm very strict when it comes to that. And some of them are not happy with the answer that they get. But uh, I explain to them that there is a progression and you, these are the steps you have to take before you even attempt this. The majority will accept it, might not be happy about it, but they'll accept it and they'll eventually see that, okay, yes, there is a progression. And then, and then you do get a few that are just hard-headed and refuse. And I say, okay, try. And then, you know, they'll hang from the pull-up bar and realize they can't even bend their elbows to lift themselves <laughs> up. And I'm like, okay, so can we can we do the steps so you could achieve that? And then they accept it and they're like, okay, sure. But So what about the athletes that go the other way? And they're like, all right, no, I'm just going to go to a different different coach or a different yeah. trainer. Then, What's the number one thing you see like a month later? I mean, I'm assuming they, They're probably either injury or they went to another coach because someone like that who's searching for the answer that's, that's going to make them happy, they won't find it. They're going to keep, you know... They're going to keep going from one coach to the next. They're not going to stick with one person or be consistent and probably not reach their goal. You know, yeah. uh, if you're if you're an athlete or if you're going to a coach and you want to make some changes, you have to be open to that. You can't just have something in your mind and not be happy with what anything tells you and just wait for the answer that you want to hear. That's not how it works. No, it's understandable. I yeah. mean, when I got into CrossFit, yeah. it took me two months to believe in the process with my <laughs> coach. And then finally, I believe, I was like, all right, you know what? This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, my, my deadlift, my goal last year was to deadlift 455 pounds before the end of the year. I beat that goal in November. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, this guy knows what he's doing, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, but it was the baby steps. Yeah. You know, that those were, that's what leads up to it. So from a coaching perspective, it's like, I can't stand when I have athletes or when I've had kids that I've coached and they just, they don't get it. Yeah, yeah. And you try to talk to them and then they go to the other guy or the Mm. other coach, does exactly what they want. They're all happy. And then a month later, they're hurt. Yeah. And it's like, you had so much potential. You know what I try to do? I sometimes when I do have someone who wants something specific and they're not convinced about the process, I try to forget. I don't bring it up to them. And I just make sure I want them to stick with, with me for a while so they could see the changes. So I make sure that they're having the best time and they're enjoying their, themselves so that they keep coming back. And they, you know, they'll be consistent with their training. Eventually, they will see the process happening. They will see the changes and the progress. And then they'll believe, you know. So, That's a great strategy. Yeah, That's actually so a pretty just, good strategy. So just try to yeah. have them enjoy their time and not bring up the thing that they want to do. And just within their training, they're working on it, whether they know that this is part of the progression or not. And then they'll eventually see the progress. So when, when, we go, when we're talking about the progression side of things, yeah. what's your normal day look like as yeah. an athlete training? And what are your progressions right now yeah. after coming back from your second child? Yeah. So how are you progressing further? I mean... You know, my, my training is all over the place now. It depends on how much time I have. Yeah. Um, I'll have like a week where I know my routine is set. And I'm like, I tell my coach, I'm ready to go, you know, and he programs for the week competitive training, you know, and I'm like in the gym two hours training to compete. And then the week after that, you know, something happens, I get busy or the kids, you know, have a holiday or whatever. And I'll have like half an hour to train 
my training completely changes. I'll do like one wad or maybe, you know, it'll be like a, a session, like a bodybuilding session where it's all accessory work. Or maybe it'll be like a workout at home. So it's it's hard to find that balance. But as long as I am consistently moving and training and exercising, it's fine. You know, I'm not going to be going backwards. I might not be progressing as fast as I'd want, but uh, but I'm okay with that. I think that's a great message to send to yeah. all parents that are out there, yeah. entrepreneurs, yeah. coaches. You have um, to be open and flexible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you're like kind of like, you do it all, yeah. plus you're running your business. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that yeah. you can do that and still have that mindset of, you know, any little improvement is a good improvement. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people are like, oh, no, 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 I don't have the two hours to dedicate to the gym. Yeah. But it doesn't really take two hours. Yeah. You can dedicate 20 minutes a yeah. day. Yeah. So, I mean, how could you tell people or help people with structuring, mm. or especially moms, yeah. you know, I would say, structuring that 20 or 30 minutes into their day. Yeah. Like what What are some of the, the wastes of time that you people know, have? You know, there are, when it comes to mothers, every mom and her kids are different. You know, everyone is different. So I can't give one piece of advice that's going to work for everyone. There are the lucky few who have wonderful children who, you know, are patient and can sit quietly while their mom does a workout or they they like to, you know, do the workout with her. But then the majority of us, our kids are either whining or they're requesting a million and one things and not letting you focus on your workout. I personally don't like working out with my kids around me. So um, even if I'm at home, I'll wait till they sleep so I can get a workout in. My eldest daughter enjoys watching me work out. But to me, what's most important is the intensity that I put in my work workout, whether that's 10 minutes or two hours. I can't give as much intensity as I'd want if... I see my daughter in the corner of my eye and she's about to hurt herself. So I think it's just finding what works for you. It can be uh, at night after the kid's bedtime. It can be when uh, your kids, you know, are either um, busy playing. You can quickly get a workout in. You can do uh, playdates, you know, if you have a friend or a family member that could help you out, you know, set specific time and, and days throughout the week where they can watch your kids. Um, I know my, my husband's family helps me out a lot with that. And if your kids uh, go to school, then when they're great. in school, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I brought I brought a day with me once to a workout, and yeah. I never did it again. Yeah, I can't. I just can't. I mean, he's like he's he's over at the cable machine trying to pull everything down yeah, and yeah. you know grabbing weights. I'm like, no, it's hard. I mean, I mean, there are all these Instagram moms who are doing workouts and they've got their babies crawling next to them. I have a couple of videos like that, but that's that's for Instagram. That's not that's, <laughs> that's not, not everyday. Yeah, life. that's not everyday. I mean. I mean, when I'm doing a full-on workout where I'm trying to focus and, and give it proper intensity, I can't do it with my kids around me. It's a tough thing to do. I mean, but, you know, mashallah, you've come back from having a child, yeah. going through all the physical parts of it and all the physical changes. It must have been really difficult, you know, yeah. to, to start squatting again, to start, you know, doing all that stuff again. Plus de dealing with a lot of physiological changes that a lot of females go through after having a child. Like I know one common problem is diastasis recti. Did I yeah. did I even say that right? Diastasis recti, yeah. yeah. Ab separation, basically. Ab separation, yes. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. You know, there's this idea that I'll just say DR to make it easy. All right. That women are are so terrified from it, or like they're they think you know it's something that they should be scared of, but it's totally natural, and it happens to, I think the statistic is like 99% of women who get pregnant 
have ab separation. It's totally normal. Your body is changing to make room for the baby. And what happens is your abs separate. And then after childbirth, they slowly go back to place. They not don't necessarily completely close up like before. For a few, maybe. For some, it doesn't close up, but they, they go back and it's close enough. And then for some women, their ab separation is so wide and it just doesn't go back into place. And there's many things you can do about it. There are rehab exercises that help strengthen your core and that help um, close that gap and bring it closer together. What are some of the core exercises? Just uh, just some quick ones off the top of your head. Well, I have, you know, my MomFit program focuses a lot on on this as well, uh, on re-strengthening the core, and that helps bring your abs closer together and stronger. For example, one of my favorites is uh, the dead bug. Okay. Yeah, I love the the dead bug. If it's done correctly, it's really tough. I give it to some of my girls in my classes who right. don't have kids. And for everybody, and I'll, I'm going to include the dead bug in the show notes. Not to cut yeah, you off, sure. just so I remember to say that yeah. so they can look What's at the What's great show notes. about it is um, totally safety because there are some ab exercises that can make the ab separation worse. Like sit-ups, crunches, toes to bar, if you don't have good core uh, control. Any, any crunching-like movement. You know, I once saw a video of, uh, of a physical therapist using this as an example where if you had like a, a sweater with a zipper and if the zipper, you know how sometimes you can, you'll, you'll close the zipper and then you can, the zipper like will open up in the center. When you do a crunch, that zipper widens the two oh, sides of oh, it. Oh, wow. It opens up. So that's kind of what happens when you have ab separation. Every time you do a crunch, your abs, you know, are, there's too much pressure there and they're separating. So what you're what you're trying to do with these core exercises, you're trying to make your your core stronger. You're trying to learn how to activate the muscles and how to use the muscles properly to protect and to strengthen your core so that you can go back to normal exercise. For some women, I'm one of them. Your abs never go back. The separation never closes completely. I still have ab separation, but I have full control of my core. My core is pretty strong and I know how to breathe properly and how to use my core muscles properly during exercise that I don't have any symptoms and it does not affect me in any of my exercises or in my training. Uh, Some women where even with rehab exercises and with core strengthening exercises, their abs are still really wide, might need to have surgery for it. So, oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's that's pretty intense though. Yes, but but the majority can work on it. So they can work on closing the gap. So basically kind of stay away from crunching crunches. like exercises. Cuz I, I guarantee yeah. you there are a lot of trainers out there where a woman goes in after having a challenge yes. she's like I want to lose my weight, yes. lose my weight. I want sit-ups. my six pack. And yeah. it's, they go sit-ups. straight into the sit-ups. Yep. So that's like a no-no. Yes. <laughs> basically because like you know, stay you know, away when, from that. When when you have ab separation, there's nothing holding in your gut, basically, you know. So some women, you'll see that they lose all the the baby weight, but then she she still has like a pooch or whatever it's called. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So she she like she has still has a small protruding belly, and the majority of the time is it's not extra body fat. It's it's your ab separation. That's that's so interesting. There's that... so much information that moms don't know about their bodies. The more I learn, the more it bothers me that this information is not widespread. Is there anything else women should watch out for, you know, besides sit-ups, you know, like... Learning how to breathe properly when you exercise, when you lift your kids, when you lift anything heavy. A lot of women hold a lot of tension in their body. 
probably hold their breath. That's so much pressure on their pelvic floor and on their core. And learning how to breathe properly is really important day to day and especially in your training if you're lifting weights. Because if you're holding your breath and you know you just had a baby and then you're lifting a heavy back squat and you go down deep into that squat and you're holding your breath, there's so much pressure in your body and this could lead to symptoms that could affect your training. Well, we had Dr. Mohammed Al-Jalabi. Yeah. He Jalabi, works with you guys. Yeah. Jalabi, yeah. yeah. I always get his name wrong. Yeah. And he, I mean, he he's, you know, his episode will have aired by now. Yeah. And he really talks about breathing. He's stressed yeah. on it so much. We actually have a uh, breathing expert that's coming awesome. in to do a show. Yeah. Um, you know, he's all about breathing and breath work. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. And it's just, that's so alarming because yeah. I can imagine how many females probably hurt themselves by going yes. back into doing crunches. And, and then they live with it. They assume that, oh, after having kids, my this is how my body is. This I'm just going to always be weak or I'll always be in pain or I should just forget about this form of exercise. But it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. So I mean, as a guy, I've always known I try and stay away from weightlifting belts, for yeah. instance, because there's that muscle yeah. that's sort of your internal weightlifting belt. Mm. And that actually helps with breath work. It helps with, you know, your core, so to speak. I can imagine for females, like, I forget the name of the muscle. Yeah. But for females, it's probably really weak yeah. when you come back after having a child. Yeah. So what are some of the bracing techniques they can do? Yeah. Well, you know, in my Monfort program, I teach that in the first week, basically, is how to activate your core muscles. Body awareness is so important. And so many people just don't have that. They just don't understand. They'll be moving around. They don't know what their arms are doing. They don't know, you know, they're not bracing their core when they're doing specific movements. And body awareness is really important. So I think learning how to activate certain muscles, learning how to use your core, how to brace your core. And when I say, you know, bracing your core, I'm not talking about sucking it in and, you know, trying to get a flat stomach. That's not how it works. That's not what you should do when you're lifting a weight. When a coach tells you, keep your core tight, you don't suck it in. You need to understand what that means. And it's hard to explain it through while speaking because with my girls, you know, I have to like, I'll hold them and I'll show them the difference between sucking in and bracing your core. And and that's something that's important and, and a lot of athletes and, and uh, especially women need to learn. Yeah, how to and then you get the athletes that you say brace your core and they stick their stomach all the way out. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I fell into that category yeah. years ago. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's funny that there are so many technical things that yeah. I think females need to look out for. And yeah. it would probably be a good investment for any mom mm. to invest in the MomFit program. Yeah. I mean, I know we drilled on, we drilled on that a lot in yeah. our last episode, but yeah. this part of the topic, this part of the episode was like, yeah. to me was like gold because yeah. the whole crunches thing and like everything else. Are there any other exercises yeah. females should watch out for any, when they're... Any when, exercise where they feel pain, discomfort. There are some exercises that, I don't know if it's okay for me to say this, but like a, some, a woman might pee herself. That's like, fine. Everything yeah. is okay to say on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Everything she, is she okay. Would, you know, she would face some, it's called urinary incontinence where she can't basically control her bladder. So any jumping movements, it doesn't have to be that way. That can all be fixed. You can work on all of that. There are exercises that can strengthen your body and rebuild your body and avoid those type of symptoms. So any exercise that causes unusual symptoms should be avoided until you address the problem first. Okay. All right. Well, that's some enlightening stuff, even from a male yeah. perspective. Yeah. Because I'm sure there, there, there's, there's got to be at least 
a few first time, you know, dads yeah. or husbands where, you know, they're looking at it for their wives who are getting, you know, just getting over pregnancy. Yeah. I know my cousin just yeah. had a baby. Awesome. So I'm going to tell, I'm, I'm definitely going to have her listen to this episode. Yeah, sure. I'm going to be like, you need to listen to this yeah. and you need to get the Mumford program. Awesome. <laughs> I'll, def- I'll definitely have her sign up. Awesome. She probably won't though, but <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> she's like, she's like, send exercise. her over to me. <laughs> I, w- I will. She's like, exercise? What? No, yeah. I'm good. You know? Is there anything else that you can give as advice to athletes? Mm -hmm. And then we'll do advice to coaches. Like Uh, last words on some of the things we've talked about, kind of summing it all up from the CrossFit Open to supplements, performance enhancing drugs to training after pregnancy. Yeah. When it comes to athletes, I think, you know, this is just this type of advice is everywhere, but really consistency I can't stress how important that is. And when I was talking about earlier about how my training is, how I'll have a week of competitive training and then a week of trying to fit in a workout whenever I can, as long as you're consistent, you will still see progress. I can go two weeks without doing any weightlifting, but then I'll go and I'll I'll lift the same number I was lifting a month ago. You know, like I'm not falling behind in my training. I might not be progressing as fast as I want, but if you're consistent, you will be working towards whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So consistency is number one for everything. When it comes to coaches, I think it's important for coaches to understand that there is no one size fits all. And that comes to training, that comes to giving nutrition advice, and it comes to how you're coaching a specific person. Every person has a different personality, going to have a different relationship with their coach, respond to different cues, respond to different attitudes. You have to basically be, you know, be a chameleon. <laughs> you have, <laughs> to, you have yeah. to basically, you know, know how to speak to different types of personality as a coach. I think that's really important because for me, for me as a coach, the most important thing is building that relationship, building that trust with each member. And each member, I speak to differently. You know, I try to send the same message across but it just depends on how this person is going to receive that message. So I think understanding how to communicate well and how to build a relationship with your clients is really important for coaches. That's cool. So are you doing the open? Yes, I am doing the open. You are doing the open? All right, cool. All right, that's really cool. Yes. Well, it was great having you on again. Thank you. I would love if we could do this like every couple of months. Awesome. Especially from like, you know, getting the female perspective. I think we still need a lot of that um, because I think that's, it's a topic that's not talked about enough in Kuwait. Yeah. And I think a large majority of our listeners are females yeah. <laughs> just because they're probably smarter with phones. Yeah. <laughs> There's a knock on the guys out there. <laughs> but, you know, it was great having you on again and love to have you back on the show. Hopefully next time Meg can join us. Uh, if you don't know, she's in the States right now. So oh, okay. we usually Skype her in. And yeah, I always look cool. over to that side yeah. because that's where we have the iPads. So. Yeah. yeah cool. <laughs> but it was great having you. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Mandy. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.